T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Joe Girardi Report is brought to you by Winners Brothers, Long Island's number one choice for waste removal and recycling services, and by Peerless Boilers, America's best boilers, built uh, online at peerlessboilers.com. All right, uh, as I welcome Joe in, let me give you the lineups for tonight's All-Star Game. Yelich, Baez, Freeman, Bellinger, Arenado, Bell, Contreras, Marte, and Acuna Jr., who is just an incredible talent, uh, batting ninth. Uh, Springer, LeMayu, Trout, Santana, Martinez, Bregman, Sanchez, Brantley, Polanco, uh, Verlander against the Dodgers, starter Rio, who's been just unbelievable this year. Uh, all right, Joe, which team you want to manage? You want to manage the American or you want to manage the national? Which one? Uh, I don't know. I'm more familiar with the Americans, so I'll take them, I guess. All right. How about LeMayu's year? I mean, coming over, you know, you think about it. The Yankees didn't get Machado. They didn't get Harper, rightly so. They bring in a guy who's versatile. And the guy has just an insane first half. Yeah, he's been tremendous, and he has great uh, bat-to-ball skills. He's been extremely productive in RBI situations. He's been able to play all over the diamond for them. So, uh, you know, I think you could make an argument that he's the MVP in the I league. Agree. And I agree. And I think, you know, some people say, well, he doesn't have the home runs. I don't care. Look at the average. Look at the RBIs. Look at the Not only that, he's number one in the league in hitting with runners in scoring position. Yeah, I I think he's the top MVP candidate in the American League right now. Yeah, I agree. I think he's had an an incredible year. There's a couple of guys, though, that you look at the break here. I was looking at this, and you say, man, they don't get any attention. And you look at some of these uh, numbers. How about... How about the? How about Bell in, in Pittsburgh? He's got eighty-four RBIs. Yeah, I, I think it has something to do with the market and where they are in the standings. Why he's probably not getting the attention that he deserves. Eighty-four RBIs yeah. is unbelievable. And it really started really about the end of May is when it started for him. It started in a, a when they were lose. They lost seven in a row, and he helped him win a game in Texas. And he took off after that. And you know, he's a switch hitter. But he just doesn't get the attention he deserves. I think it would have helped if he won the home run contest last night. Yes. But he didn't do it. No, he didn't. Alonzo didn't. Alonzo's, you know, making a name for himself. And I tell you, the guy who was the most impressive last night was uh, was Guerrero, though. He was un... I mean, he reminds me of Cecil Fielder, not his father. He, that, that's who he reminds me of. He's, like, he's, a, he's a moose. He's a big, thick yeah. kid. He's not he, built like his dad, that's for sure. No, he's not, and and I think that's probably some of the concerns that people have over time. You know, the wear and tear on his body as he's playing on AstroTurf. What's going to happen to that? So it's going to be interesting. Uh, he has struggled probably more than a lot of people have thought he would. He's really struggled the last twenty games, but he did get two hits on Sunday, and maybe it turns it around. I'll tell you, the guy um, who impressed me physically the most of all of them is Acuna Jr. That guy. I mean, he's not even trying to hit home runs. He's just swinging the bat, and wherever the ball goes, it just goes. I mean, he, some of the shots, that guy's hitting 480-foot shots last night. He's he's kind of sinewy. He's 20 years old. I mean, what a scary-looking player. He is a young super superstar, and he's only going to get better as time goes on. So 
I think the Braves' future is extremely bright with all the players that they have coming. He's one of them. They have young outfielders. They have a, a, a ton of young pitching coming. Yep. They're going to be around a long time, and it's going to center around him. And they have the most underrated player in baseball, in my mind, Freddie and, and Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman gets no attention. If I watch him on the Met games, he kills the Mets. The guy, 310-23-68, does everything right. Guy you'd love to have on your team, right? I mean, just a guy who's just a good baseball player. And he's the guy that hits the ball all over the field. He hits it, you know, where you throw it. He'll take you down the left field line. He'll hit one in the seats in right field. Um, he's an incredible player. I think he's an incredible leader. And, uh, you know, I think he kind of, you know, helped Ozzy in the middle. And then you have Donaldson helping um, their young shortstop in the middle. So I, I just think they have a great mix. And I think it, a lot of it centers around Freddie and what he does. You know, I thought the pitcher for the American League in the first half was Charlie Morton. 10-2, and 2-3 ERA, uh, whip of 1-0. I mean, really had an incredible first half. I thought the most pressure fell on him when Glass now got hurt, that he was going to have to step it up. And he's been a guy that, you know, has been kind of a six-inning pitcher, and you can't you can't have him throw too many pitchers because he's getting older. But he's done an incredible job. And, you know, they're an interesting team. I don't think they can score enough to stay with the Yankees. But you get Glass now back, and you get those three guys at the top of their, you know, top of their rotation in a five-game series, they could be scary. You know, uh, the Dodgers not only are gone, they look so much better than everybody in the National League. It's uh, it, it's just ridiculous. You know that? I mean, this Rio's had an incredible first half. I mean, look at his numbers. They're just, un- uh, you know, people don't talk about him too much. I know they all talk about the Dodger offense, but, man, look at his numbers in the first half. Yeah, he's been incredible. Um they have so much production, and they're able to platoon a lot and do a lot of things. They're getting some people healthy uh, coming back. As, as Freeze has been on the DL. Seager's been on the DL. Pollock's on the DL. But they're getting those guys back. But, you know, Atlanta's kind of caught them a little bit. Atlanta's really only about five games behind them, and that was not the case a month and a half ago. So Atlanta's sneaking up on them. I think the surprise for all of us is I think we thought the National League Central would have some better records than it's got, and it really doesn't. Um, there's only three losses separating the first-place team and the last-place team, and the last-place team is five games under 500, so it tells you a little bit about that division. Do, uh, Braves have a good team. I totally agree. I, I don't think there's any question, uh, but I think they need another pitcher. I, and you know, Listen, I think the Yankees need another pitcher too, but I think the Braves need another pitcher if they're going to be serious this year. I think they need one more pitcher. Well, I think if you're trading players away right now, I think you're in a great position because there's so many teams involved in the National League. The top teams in the American League, they want to add. You know, I think people thought Cleveland would be selling. No way, yeah. I don't see it now. No way. They can't. They're only five games out. Yeah, and then Oakland, you know, got back in the mix. They were not in the mix. They were under 500. they They're almost, they're nine games over now. You know, there's so many teams that are contending that, it's a good time to be trading players away because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of competition for your players. Absolutely. I mean, Oakland and Boston are right there. Even Texas is right there for the wild card. I mean, and Boston's going to – they're not going to give it up. They're going to go for it. The Cleveland's won six straight. They're now 12 over 500. I think they're going to stay in it with their pedigree. I, I totally agree. And then in the National League, I mean, the National League wild card, you have like seven teams within three games. Yes, it, it, it's absolutely incredible. So, 
you know, it's almost like in the National League there's a lot of mediocrity. There, there really is. And you look in the American League, it's really heavy at the top. Then there's a few teams, and then there's a lot of teams that, that aren't great, that are under 500, and some of them are, are a lot under 500. I think the National League is going to be tougher to win the wild card because there's so many teams involved and they're so close. All right. We know, listen, we know every uh, job that's open, you're at the top of everybody's list, so uh, I'm not going to give you any specific teams, uh, and everyone links you to every job. Let me just ask it this way. Is it a lot harder, or would it not be as difficult as it would seem to start the job, to go into a job now versus going into a job next spring training? What is the advantages, disadvantages of going into a job now, knowing you'll be there next spring? Would you prefer, does that, does that make it easier or harder uh, to go into a job? Would you prefer to go into it next spring, or would you prefer to go into the job even in July or August? Well, I, I think there's advantages and disadvantages. The advantages of going into a job in the middle of the season start fresh. The following year, you have a much better idea what you got in your system and as far as on the field. So it, will help, so it would help you a lot to figure out your, what you want to keep and get rid of by basically just going and spending a couple of months with them, right? Right. In 2020, I think it's, a, it's, it's an advantage if you come in the middle. But in the 2019 season, I think it's a little bit more difficult because you don't have any relationships with the players, and, you, and you're trying to turn it around right away without having any relationships. So, uh, I mean, is it, if you go in... You're going to be going into a team that's losing. That's obvious. Otherwise, you wouldn't Correct. be making a change. When you do that uh, on the fly, what are you trying to? Are you just start, are you trying to do it in, with an eye towards next year, or are you doing it originally just to try and see if you can get it turned around? No, you're you're going to try to turn it around um, as soon as possible and get the club going in the right direction and see if you can get into a wild card race or even a division race. So you're going to try to turn it around right away. Okay, so but what what is the biggest drawback of stepping in in late July to a job? You just you don't have a relationship with the players, you know, and games count. If you walk in in the beginning of spring training, you got six weeks to develop that relationship and really have a good idea of what you have. Gotcha. And, and yeah. is it that big an advantage to what you would gain by spending two months with the guys versus getting the job in uh, January? Well, I think it gives you a, a much bigger advantage in 2020. I do. Okay. Okay. So you, you do think is a, there is an advantage to that. Okay. Because yeah. So so f- from that standpoint, that, that would make even a move now interesting from that standpoint. Okay. It, ma- it makes yeah. sense. Uh, there's the good and the bad of it. But when you go in, obviously, no one's expecting – I mean, if you turn it around, great. But no one's expecting you to turn a bad team around with two months left. It's not that easy to do. Well, I think it's it's your hope that you could get the team going in the right direction and, and, and let's see what happens. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate that managers are going through this. I was even rumored for the Westminster job in South Florida High School. So, um, Listen, you're rumored for every job. We know that. I yeah, mean, listen, yeah. I mean, so you rumors, know, they, they got you rumored for every job. Any team that isn't in first place, you're rumored to take their job. We know that, okay? So you're so rumored, rumored for every job. Rumors don't mean anything. Yeah, I, I was not going back to high school to coach. No, I, I didn't think so. I, I didn't no. think but, – but you do want to manage again, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would expect there's a very good chance you will be managing. Is it harder or easier to manage now than it was 10 years ago, Joe? I don't really think it's I, I don't think it's harder or easier. I, I think it's your mindset. It's different. 
I think there's a lot more information available to you. And if you like the information, then I think it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I, and you know, I like the information, so I, I enjoy it. So I don't really think it's harder or easier. You get in the game and you do your thing and you put the guys in the best situation to be successful. And I don't think that part's ever going to change, but I just think there's a lot more information to help you make those decisions. Joe, is there a fine line for the successful managers such as yourself who has a, have, you know, sterling resumes? Um, do you want a fine line or do you now even have to understand that guys are going to be involved in ways they weren't 10 years ago. Do you expect to get input on lineups and stuff like that? Or do you want to draw the line and say, Hey, I'm in charge and that's managerial stuff. No, No, I asked all the time when I was with the Yankees, I would go to the analytical department and say, Hey, give me an idea for a lineup today. I did it all the time. Oh, you did. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I think the bottom line is finally, you have to make the decision at the end, you know, because people are going to have different ideas. You know, you could have, you know, five different analytical guys give you five different lineups. So you have to make the decision at the end. But I want all the input I can get because I think it helps me make a, a better educated uh, decision. So the if they is, spit out three different lineups for tomorrow's game, are they going to give you a reason next to each guy as to why they put them in that slot for you to think about? Yes, yes. And, and I want to know why, you know. And I, I want to be able to, for me, it's to give them my ideas and, and – for them to understand why I might think this is better or that is better. Is it, is it hard for a Joe Girardi or a Buck Showalter? Uh, everyone thinks it is, so I'll ask the question. Is it harder for a, a Joe Girardi or a Buck Showalter to manage in 2020 with the way baseball is structured than it was 10 years ago, or is it just the same? I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I, no, I, I don't think it is because, again, I've always welcomed the information. Okay. I, used, I used analytics when I caught. That was the bottom line because I thought it gave me the best chance to be successful in the fingers that I put down. But, you know, there's always a human element to it. And, you know, you can make a decision that's based purely on numbers, and it may not work that day. But that's because of the human element. It doesn't mean that it wasn't a good decision. What's the most important thing about running the bullpen? To me? Yes. That you don't, that you don't wear them out that they have proper rest and that you don't overuse certain guys. And, and by saying that, you have to have a lot of depth in your bullpen. And it, it seems to me what I'm seeing is, you know, teams are rotating bullpens so much and they're being used so much that sometimes the 8th, ninth, and 10th guys are getting hit a lot and you don't always have that the good 5th, 6th, and 7th guy because maybe they were sent down. Do and that's you, where, do where you, options hurt you and I think they're being used more now and I think there's more familiarity with guys. Do you think you're going to see more of the opener in years to come or less? Um, you know, I'm not sure because I, I would say that I think there's going to be a little market correction on how much bullpens are used because I think they're starting to see for the first time that bullpens having a higher ERA than starters so maybe there is something to starters going a little bit longer but i think the open you know we used an opener one day in um tampa the last day of the season when the red sox ended up losing the game and and tampa beat us on a walk-off and they ended up going to the playoffs and everything went perfect when we did it that way and we mixed and matched and everything i started down the Kansas, 
until we brought in the guys that were supposed to get the outs that were used to pitching the eighth and the ninth. So, you know, as far as, as using an opener and doing that, you have to have a lot of depth in your organization, number one. And number two, if it gives you a better chance to win, I absolutely believe in it. You still have to have somebody who's going to bridge those three or four innings in the game, though. There's still got yeah. to be a guy. Somebody's got to carry some weight in the game somewhere. You can't use nine different guys. So you got to basically bridge. Somebody's got to carry some weight in those innings somewhere in the middle. Yes, and, and sometimes you don't have a deep enough farm system to have enough guys to do it, and you start rotating them so much and then you can get yourself in trouble. You know, a Ideally, lot of people a lot of people think Joe that the reason this is being done is to minimize starting pitchers so that their salaries go down. I think teams are doing it because I believe they feel that gives, they feel that it gives them a better chance to win. That's what I personally I don't think it has anything to do with the salaries. I don't maybe I'm being naive. But I think it, they feel that they have a better chance to win if they mix and match guys. Because the one place their salaries clearly are inflated based on performance is starting pitching, as you know. 500 pitchers get paid a lot of money. Guys who go 200 innings get paid a lot of money, even if they're not that successful. Yeah, because I think they know that they need so many innings right. because the, bull, the bullpen can only give them so much. Yep. And, and, and now they're starting to see as the bullpen gives more, they're getting hit more. Well, as I was taught a long time ago, the first thing you got to figure out is how you're going to cover nine times 162, right? you got to figure out how you're going to cover the innings, right? Yeah, and, and you know, there are a lot of teams that don't use openers for certain guys because those guys are successful, but you only have so many of those guys. So it's developing more of those guys, and it's not easy to do, but the Verlanders, the Scherzers, the Tanakas, you know, the Chris Sales, and, and all those guys that can give you six or seven innings and then you don't have to kill your bullpen. What, if anything, we're talking with Joe Girardi, what, if anything, concerns you about the Yankees, who have had, obviously, an amazing first half? Can you imagine this first half when you realize that together, combined, Stanton and Judge have 150 at-bats? The only concern for me is, is injuries. And the injuries that would concern me the most is if they had injuries in the back end of the bullpen. Gotcha. Um... Uh, how about Gaudy's year? Fifteen home runs out of Gaudy at this yeah. point, huh? Yeah, I mean he's had a really good year, and he's been productive hitting all over the lineup. And uh, he's, you know, the old guy's the one that has stayed healthy, which is always interesting to me. But he's done a really good job. It really is, and you know, and 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 quietly, not quietly because he's on the Ulster team, but Torres has had an incredible year too. You know, he really has had playing back and forth, playing both positions. He's had a tremendous season. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's a very talented kid, and I think he's only going to get better. Um, looking at all those young power guys last night, Joe, it's amazing how much how much young powder is in baseball, isn't it? When you look at these guys last night, all pounding the ball out of there, they're all kids, all pounding the ball all over the place. It, it, it's such a young age. I am so impressed at you know how quickly these kids have been able to come up and and be a huge part of a team, and you just want to continue to see the young kids impact the game of baseball. So, you know, you want to see races like that are in the National League more than just the top-heavy teams in the American League. And the American League's got some catching up to do. So hopefully there's some young players coming up in the American League, like the Vlad Guerrero Juniors and hopefully Bo Bichette's up soon, that 
it makes it more competitive. Competitive. There's a more of a competitive balance in the American League. You know, it's amazing. We watch the home run derby. You go through all this stuff, and then you realize you watch Trout jump in the box tonight, and you look, and you see that he's got a uh, 300 batting average. He's got almost a 500 on base percentage. He's got 28 home runs. He's got. 67 uh, RBIs. He's got, you know, 80 or 68 or 80 runs scored, whatever it is. I mean, the the guy's numbers, again, are staggering again this year. Well, you know, you talk about Josh Bell being one of the more underrated players in the in all of baseball. Freddie Freeman, the, the player that's talked the least about that is so good. Uh, we don't talk about Mike Trout. No enough, one does. Right? He's a, no. And, and it's part of it's him, but he's in L.A. He's, a, he's on a team that isn't any good. He's on the West Coast, and he is 27 years old, and he's building a career that is like Mickey Mantle's, and he doesn't get a lot of attention. No, and, and, and the important thing is for the Angels to get back in the postseason for me so he gets the attention that he deserves. I mean, it's amazing. The guy's got 28 home runs this year. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, quietly. Know, yeah. I, I watched him in the game on Sunday. He had a, a sack fly. He had a double that was productive. He hit a home run. I mean, it was incredible what he did. What is the when when you played the Angels? What what was the scouting report? What did what? How did you pitch Trout if you're trying to get Trout out? What do you do? You wanted to pitch him in, but it had to be above the belt because he'll take the ball down and in. He'll hit it out to right center. I mean, he has an amazing ability. Um, I think we started to try. To, we tried to start breaking balls at him and see if that you could get him to chase away, but he didn't chase a lot. Um, Sanchez has cooled off a little bit. Uh, any concern about him going into the All-Star break? No, I, I think the four days will probably help him here. You know, I know he's playing in the game, but, you know, he'll get Wednesday and Thursday off. It should help him. But, I mean, I think, you know, catchers are going to go through some things as you start to get later in the season. Well, they'll have some weeks that aren't as productive, but he's still going to hit a ton of home runs and be productive. All right, Joe. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you next Have a week. Great thanks. Night, Mike. All right, Joe. Thanks. Joe Girardi, who is obviously always in the middle of it, as uh, a guy who tells you he would like to get back. He'd rather manage this year if he's going to manage the team next year. He'd rather manage them this year and next year. So something to think about. Absolutely. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 